I think my mom is just trying to steer clear of this because <laughs> because she's the reason I've never tried pumpkin. She's never made anything pumpkin. <laughs> the Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. Very excited to be joined as we are each and every week prior to the Blue Bombers playing a former Greg, or sorry, former Blue Bomber and Grey Cup champ, friend of the show, John Rush. John, thanks for doing this again. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, Dave. I'm super excited to be here again. Man, nail biter last week. What are the emotions like, you know, on the sideline as you're watching the opposition kick a field goal to win a game? You know, I've been in that position a couple of times before, and, and the feeling of not being in control is probably one of the worst feelings you can ever have. Um, you know, just standing there, you know, feeling helpless that you can't do anything more to kind of help your team win is, uh, it's not a great feeling, but you know, when it comes out in your favor, uh, you know, it's, it's a real roller coaster of emotions. You know, you're real, you're really like helpless and sad and like, you can't really do much and then you, and you know, you win and then you're, you're right back up. Right. So it's uh, it's a real roller coaster. That's for sure. You know, it's hard to criticize a win because, you know, it's hard to win in the CFL and and the Bombers were able to do it. But I felt like the Bombers shouldn't have been in that position. Is it safe to say that they probably deserve to be further ahead than, you know, holding on for a last second field goal miss? Yep. Nope. That's a, that's a, that was a pretty fair thing to say. And, uh, you know, it's interesting you say that, um, you know, it's hard to criticize a win. I, I think... Uh, we should actually criticize wins harder than we do losses a lot of the times. Um, and that's something that we actually talk about a lot in, in the locker room and things like that, because, um, you know, everyone always, you know, you learn from your mistakes, right? And um, a lot of people don't focus on mistakes when they're winning. Uh, and that's kind of the problem. You know, that's, that's a lot of the problems uh, people have uh, because there were plenty of mistakes to be made so even you know even though they won it's you know it's great but there's still a lot of things that need to be cleaned up right and one of those things is the drop pass uh Caleros uh you know he he played very well I thought and there's only so much a quarterback can do there were some very catchable balls that were dropped how do receivers go about cleaning that up heading into uh Saskatchewan this weekend yeah, you know what? I was actually—it's actually funny. We keep we keep talking about things, and the next week they end up coming back up, right? So it's uh, almost know, like we know what we're doing, right? Exactly, <laughs> right? So you know, you know, everyone was kind of worried about Caleros, and you know, and Caleros came out had a stellar game. You know, I, I thought he, you know, he was lights out. He played very well. So, um, so you know, I was I was super happy with that, and you know, the the drop passes thing is it's. it's it's always an interesting thing, at, especially at this level, because it's not, it's not for a lack of ability to catch a ball. You know what I mean? When you're in, you know, when you're on the lower levels, like you know, high school or even college, sometimes it's not the same. But when you're in the pros, if you're a professional wide receiver. You can catch football. <laughs> you know, that, that's the end of story. It's just, it's not. Uh, you know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So when when things like that happen, it's usually because there's a distraction. There's uh, there's something else kind of going on. You're not thinking about catching the ball. You're thinking about something else. So whether that's you know whether that's they're you know they're wondering if they're supposed to be in the right place. You know they're worried about the playbook. They're worried about that or anything like that. Uh, you know that might be one of the reasons. You know obviously I'm not in the locker room, so I, I and I'm not in that playbook right now, so I, I can't be for certain. Uh, but that might be one of the reasons. You know if, if another big reason drop balls if if the wide receiver is worried about. Uh, taking a big hit, and that was why uh, 
you know, when I used to play defense, it was always, you know, a big thing was to hit the wide receivers as hard as you could because that's, you know, the benefit is later in the game they're going to be worried about taking another hit like that. So they're, they might drop that ball. So it's really about kind of um, eliminating distractions in order to uh, just focus on, you know, catching that ball and kind of getting up field and, and doing their same rate. So uh, whatever those distractions may be, uh, like I said, you know, I'm not there, but that's, uh, that's, that's what, you know, my main focus would be. Talking with John Rush here ahead of the Blue Bombers versus the Riders. You talk about dis- uh, distractions, John. 30,000 screaming people in green wearing watermelons might be able to provide a bit of a, dis- a distraction. How You've been there, man. How do you guys deal with the, an opposition crowd that is so crazy like it's going to be on Sunday in Saski? You know what? It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it is so much fun uh, playing there. I've played how many, I, I forget how many times I've played there now. And, you know, my first time I ever played there, I was like, what is going on? You know, how do I do this? Like, this is absolutely insane. You know, Saskatchewan is crazy, uh, as we all kind of know. But, you know, after that, it, you got to get into kind of a routine and, and just realize, like, Yes, there are 30,000 fans screaming at you, wearing water balloons, and they're all, you know, they're all insane. But at the same time, on the field, nothing changes. You know, it, it's the same. You're, you're still playing football. And it's like on, the, on that actual, you know, 110-yard field, nothing changes. It's the exact same thing. So kind of just realizing that and then and just being like, oh, okay, like, you just got to kind of block out the noise, and, and trust me, it is difficult to block out the noise. But um, you know, you just got to figure out how to do that, and then kind of just focus on what you're supposed to do on that football field. Uh, and once you do that, you know, it's there's there's no difference. But uh, yeah, figuring out how to do that in your first year is is definitely a struggle. Well, one guy that's uh, I think going to thrive in that situation is Andrew Harris. Uh, he came back last week and had a pretty good game: seventeen carries, eighty-one yards, and a touchdown. But he thrives in those big, big moments, and he's already uh, thrown it out a little bit to the Saskatchewan fans, saying there's nothing like shutting up thirty thousand Rider fans. He's a guy that steps up. What does he do for the Bombers, and and his presence mean come Sunday? Yeah, you know, I it's. It, you know, I was I was happy to see Andrew back. I was happy to see him on the field. He had a good game. Um, I I thought, and you know, that's one of the things we talked about last week too, was kind of establishing that that run game. And uh, your first game back, almost having a, a hundred yard game like that and a touchdown. <laughs> yep, that's pretty good. <laughs> so that that helps. So um, and yeah, you're right. Like Andrew uh, certainly is the type of guy to kind of step up into those uh, those moments and and perform. And that's you know that when we when we needed a guy most, Andrew was always that guy we could lean on. And uh, sometimes that's not fair, you know what I mean? That you shouldn't always have to rely on one guy to do that. Uh, but it, we were always very fortunate that we could. Um, and so having a guy like Andrew on your team that if if need be, you can rely on to shut up thirty thousand fans. <laughs> it's uh, it's a pretty powerful thing to have. 
It's going to be a great game, the 3-0 Riders versus the 3-1 Blue Bombers on Sunday. Uh, heading into that game, who for you is maybe an unsung bomber hero from uh, this past week heading into Sunday? Who's a guy that caught your attention that maybe isn't getting the kind of love he deserves? An unsung, you know, it, it's it's hard now because we've we've talked about them uh, a little bit, but you know, I gotta say, I gotta say, it's the the offensive line again because you know they they do so much in that in that locker room and on that field that just people don't even realize. Like, and, and it's it's so small and and minute half the time that like unless you were in a locker room before, you would never know, but. You know they keep they keep Zach upright so often. They open up. You know, like like the one of Andrew's biggest runs last game. He ran through. It was like it was like a garage. How big the hole was. It was amazing. You know what I mean? It's like it's exactly what you want, right? And and everyone, you know, everyone always will talk about you know Andrew having a good game, uh, but rarely do people ever talk about the offensive line having a good game and. Um, and they they've been performing very well throughout this season already. I, I don't think I've you know really read anybody talking about them. And um, they they're you know they're a very veteran group, and I, they they never really get that much recognition. But they uh, you know like I said they they're keeping Zach upright. They're opening up huge holes for Andrew here, um, and you know being able to communicate in the stadium with thirty thousand people is extremely difficult and it's something they're very good at. You know, I've had the opportunity to be in those meetings and listen to them and how, how they plan on communicating and doing all those things. And um, seeing that in, in action and not really, not really kind of being on the sideline as a fan, you don't really understand how difficult that is to have, you know, five men line up, all be on the exact same page and not even say a single word to each other. It's it's insane, um, and that's certainly something that not a lot of people talk about. So yeah, it's got to be the offensive line again. Yeah, you know what? That's a really good point. And you know, uh, even the receivers that are in motion, because it's not like the NFL. Like they're they're moving. Like everything has to be timed so perfectly. It is really amazing that they're able to do it with thirty thousand screaming people in a stadium. It, it is awesome. Uh, it's almost like it's almost like art. You know it is I mean? like if if you if you're it's so everything's so in sync that you're watching it kind of from the bird's eye view. You're like, and it's just kind of not a single word has been said, and everyone knows where they're supposed to be. It's kind of cool, actually. It really is. Talking with John Rush uh, ahead of the Bombers versus the Riders. Uh, before we get into uh, what maybe uh, some menu ideas for a Sunday night, knowing that uh, many don't have to go to work on Monday, maybe that'll change the vegan menu. Uh, and also what your dogs are up to. Uh, I'm really excited for Doggy Diaries today. Uh, John, uh, Winnipeg needs to do what if they're going to be successful against Saskatchewan? Definitely one of the big things, and, and, and you know, Andrew kind of hit the nail on the head. And it, it, we, we talk about this a lot, obviously. You know, I said it last week, too. Uh, but the easiest way to shut up 30,000 fans is establish the run game, you know, if Andrew's ripping off eight-yard runs, the offense is driving down that field. It's the easiest way to shut up thirty thousand fans. It's you know if you if your offense is just consistently driving down the field, you know drive after drive, it you know it it doesn't you know like it's very hard for the fans to get back into the game. You know it's it's you know like we said last week. You know it's great to have a fifty-yard bomb touchdown to Darwin or something like that, but 
That being said, you know, it's one play. The fans will get back into it. But if, you know, if Andrew Harris is, you know, ripping off eight-yard runs and then a 15-yard run uh, and things like that, it's a lot harder for the fans to kind of get into it. And, and you know, that if, you, if the fans aren't as into it, it becomes a lot easier to manage as a team. You know, the, the communi- the, you're able to communicate more. Um, you're able to do a lot more things uh, if you're able to kind of manage the distraction of the noise. So as long as, you know, as long as they can establish that run early and then, you know, manage the distraction of the noise, because inevitably it will be noisy, even if the, even if Winnipeg's winning, uh, it will be noisy. Uh, so that's something they certainly will have to manage as well. Um, and, you know, if they do those two things, you know, they, they, they should have no, no problems here. No, I almost wonder too, you know, if, if Winnipeg can control the ball with the run, they're controlling the clock, they're controlling the pace, which I think Mike O'Shea really, really loves to do. You can also turn the Saskatchewan fans against their own team. I mean, they can start, you know, getting on top of guys and then they start maybe feeling pressure and they start forcing things. So there's a way to turn 30,000 people against, uh, you know, their own team. And it's like you said, by ball control and, and control of the clock, right? No, exactly right, and and you know we've seen it we've seen it happen before. You know we've I've been in that stadium where the fans booed their own team. <laughs> like, it's it's a crazy thing to be a part of, but you know it does happen, and you're exactly right. And and obviously all of these things are significantly easier said than done, right? You know it's it's easy for us to sit here and be like, oh yeah, just establish the run and control the ball and, and the pace. But like we said before, you know Saskatchewan's also getting paid they're <laughs> they're going to try and make sure that doesn't happen but uh but yeah those are the things you know i would be you know really focusing on and kind of driving home if i was uh you know coach and, and trying to you know establish this game looking at the stats heading in uh the riders they have more points per game uh more yards per game passing yards rushing yards so this is going to be a really really good contest uh, for the Bombers, and then the home rematch is also great because the the Banjo Bowl is always fantastic. We'll get into that next week. But, John, before we get into uh, some other fun stuff, give us your prediction. What do you think the outcome of Sunday night's uh, Bomber or Sunday afternoon's Bomber-Riders game is going to be? You know what? I think this is going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be, you know, like you said, they, the, it's, it's not like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders aren't a good football team. You know what I mean? Like, we... We know they're good. They 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 have some they have some players. You know, Cody, Cody Fajardo is a really good upcoming quarterback. They got a lot of key pieces on this team. Um, so I think it's I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a battle to be honest. But I think the uh, I think Winnipeg comes out on top, thirty-one to twenty-seven. Ooh, that's going to another nail biter, eh? Oh yeah, I think I, you know it, it generally is. Uh, I, I I I don't really recall a a game where. I went into Saskatchewan where it wasn't a nail-biter. So I think we'll keep up the tradition. Okay, before we get into the fun stuff, do you have more faith in the kicking now of the Bombers after you saw last week? Or is kicking one of those things that is is every week it's kind of a question mark, regardless of of necessarily who's kicking? You know what? It it builds trust and it builds hope having, you know, a good good week. Uh, But one of the biggest things with kicking... And you know, and, and life and sports in general really is just consistency. Um, you know what I mean? We, you know, I when you know I played, I played with Justin Medlock, and I was, I guess, I was probably one of the most spoiled players ever because you know Justin Medlock is is Justin Medlock. So uh, 
it was literally never a worry. I never once worried about kicking ever when, you know, I played with Justin. It was, it was always just, oh, yeah, Justin's going on the field. He's going to make this kick. I think in my entire, you know, four-year career with Justin, he missed two field goals, I want to say. It was something extremely low. Um, it was, and it, it both times was shocking, but neither time was a big deal. We kind of were just like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. You know, it, it happens. But, uh, but Justin got to that point by literally being one of the most consistent kickers for so many years. You know what I mean? Um, so, it, you know, it's great to have one good week, but it, in kicking especially, uh, consistency is, is key. So, you know, we need to see a lot more consistency here uh, before we kind of start trusting it a lot more. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, talking with John Rush, who I'm going to say is, uh, well, inconsistently consistent. You're never really <laughs> sure what John's going to do. And apparently last night uh, we, it was revealed that you, sir, have a butt chin. And I, we've only discovered this now that you've shaved. Yep, yep. That's <laughs> I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't sleep last night. And I was like, oh, man, I, I do need to shave for work tomorrow. So I'm like, so I was like, oh. Well, I guess it, it was like, I don't know, it was like 2 a.m. or something like that. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'll just shave right now and get it over with so I don't have to do it in the morning. Uh, and, I, and I shaved down uh, my beard. And I like for me, you know, I, I grew up with it and everything. And I completely forgot about it. But um, I, I forgot that I've had a beard for so long now that it I've never like I've almost no one that follows me knows that I have a butt chin. <laughs> and uh so I like I tweeted I'm like, oh man, I forgot about that. And like I you know, I've been getting tons of messages on, on Instagram about it and I'm like I'm like, oh yeah, like that's that is there. Like that yeah, that's a hundred percent a thing for me. And it was uh so yeah, that was this big joke. That is too funny. Uh, okay, before we get into some more of your Twitter shenanigans, uh, you, you teased uh, what uh, what Bone and Bailey were going to be up to, and then you kind of put some videos. Uh, some pretty cool things are happening for your dogs. Why don't you take us through the project that you're working on? Yeah, no, for sure. I'm not. I can't say too much about it because it's uh, it's not coming out for a while right now. But uh, Bone actually, he's a bit of a supermodel, uh, so he had a he had a big. He had a big kind of photo shoot yesterday. Uh, he got some professional pictures done, and it was it was a really cool experience. It was my first time ever kind of doing something like that, where like it was almost like an actual kind of modeling gig, but it was for my dog. So, <laughs> it was like, so I was like, you know, like, like for me, I, I'm no model. You know, I I don't know anything about that, but I thought it was hilarious uh, for for Bone to be doing this. And, and you know it's it's for a really great project that does a lot for animal rescues. So I'm actually this is probably one of the coolest things that uh, that we've done, and I'm I'm super excited to kind of to, to post about it and do it all. The only unfortunate part is it literally doesn't come out until 2022. So we'll we'll have to we'll have to wait on it. But uh, when it does come out, I promise it it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, that is great. Uh, more fun things on your Twitter, uh, this time involving veganism, is uh, you, you think the funniest thing that there's only 10 vegan men in Winnipeg and all of them are in relationships but you. So the girl really went far out of her way to 
either personally attack you or disparage vegans. Uh, let's let's give the vegans some love here, buddy. Uh, Sunday, you know, no work on Monday. What's kind of the the meal to, that uh, John Rush is going to prepare for himself, and maybe others should be looking into. Yeah, that's you know, it's kind of it's kind of funny being being in Winnipeg sometimes because there's not uh, there's not a lot of other vegans, but uh, I you know I love it here because so many people are you know are so welcoming and friendly that you know they're so open to try all of these things that I make. So I you know I it's it's really awesome to kind of be in this community. I love it, and uh, you know because there's no work on Monday, you can absolutely load up on Sunday night, right? That's kind of that's kind of the 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 thing we can do now and you know i've been giving pumpkin a lot of hate lately i'm not really a pumpkin eater myself and you know i'm actually going to try my first pumpkin spice latte today because i've been i've been absolutely bullied into it we're we're gonna get into that don't worry yeah (laughs) so so i'm thinking uh i'm thinking on sunday night of making a big kind of um i don't want to say roast dinner but there's some you know there's some you know, fake fake meat, some vegan meats that I'm going to make with mashed potatoes, and then for for dessert, I'm going to have. I think I'm going to create a nice vegan pumpkin pie because I've never had pumpkin pie either. So it's something I got to try. That is awesome, and yeah. So you're coming around on pumpkin, or have just people have bullied you into it? Is is your mom come to your rescue yet? Um, my mom. I think my mom is just trying to steer clear of this because <laughs> because she's the reason I've never tried pumpkin. She's never made anything pumpkin for us. So I think she's just trying to stay out of this one. And uh, yeah, no, I'm, like my DMs are, are blowing up with people being like, you've never tried pumpkin pie? What is wrong with you? And then, you know, all, all these people are like talking about pumpkin spice lattes. And, and um, I didn't realize, you know, when I do these, when I do these kind of questions, when I let people ask me anything, I... I never really know if people are going to kind of react. And, and when I posted the, the pumpkin one, I'm just like, oh, whatever. This is, you know, it's, this is just like a, a nothing thing. It's not going to be anything. And it's like it exploded into this. You know, I think I've received over 500 DMs about it at this point. And I'm like, I didn't think this would be that big of a deal, guys. <laughs> it's like your your soup hot take got you a lot. And then uh, all the, the the success with the, the tater tots pick with, with Bailey it's fascinating what some people gravitate towards, eh? Oh, it's it, it makes sometimes you know it, sometimes I pour like hours into content that I make <laughs> and like I work so hard at it, and it it doesn't do well at all, and then I post something stupid like I've never had pumpkin before, and like and then I, you know I get five hundred DMs about it, and it just blows up, and I'm just like, oh, like how did this happen? I love that, man, and I love chatting with you each and every week about football and about your dogs and about the random things that you post on Twitter and Instagram. How can people follow along and interact with John Rush? Yeah, no, I'm, you know, if you want to follow me on Instagram, that's where you know a lot of my you know, food takes are. That's, uh, I'm at at John Rush Five, uh, and then on Twitter, that's where a lot of my you know, a lot of more dog pics and and you know just random thoughts are. It's at John Rush Thirty Two. John, thank you very much for doing this today. And maybe one day you and I can have a vegan meal together because I've never had vegan food before. And so it uh, might be one. Of, it might be something I want to experience, similar to you and pumpkin spice and pumpkin pie and such. There you go. Yeah, one of these days we should forget for sure get together. We'll have a we'll have a pumpkin spice latte and, and we'll make pumpkin <laughs> pie. It'll be it'll be a, a good meal, I think. That'll be great. One thing before we let you go: Are you planning to go to the banjo bowl, or or is that uh, is that more of a home game for you? So uh, I'm, I'm actually trying to figure that out right now. 
just with everything. It's it's going to be a, a crazy game to say the least. And uh, I do. The only problem with going to games like that is it makes it really difficult to actually watch the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. I and I do want to watch the game. Um, so right now I, I haven't fully decided uh, whether or not I'm going to go. If I could get like if I could get into like one of the boxes, that would I think that would be ideal. But I don't know anybody that has a box yet. I'm still I'm still working on that one. So uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll keep I'll keep everyone posted on uh, whether or not I'm going to that game. I like that. Tune in next week to see if this segment helps John Rush get into a box for the Bombers versus the Riders. <laughs> yeah, John, thanks <laughs> thanks so much for doing this, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. I always have a great time, Dave. The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. Weekday mornings only on Country 107.